0: All right, we've got a special edition here of Side Retired. We're going to be joined by the Dugout Mug CEO, Chris Dennert. So, Matt, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione and Matt Potter, as always. And Matt, this is probably one of our most special episodes that we've had of the podcast so far. How you doing, Matt? Doing pretty well. Coming to the end of uh, end of the
1: term here, so a little little hectic for me, but kind of happy to take some time out of my my studying to talk baseball, talk business, and and hear a lot more about dugout mugs.
0: Absolutely. And this is a company that I'm sure most people here in the baseball industry have heard of. It is Dugout Mugs, one of the best apparel companies out there in the Major League Baseball world. So, Chris, we're extremely grateful that you joined us on today's episode. And thanks so much for having us.
2: Absolutely. You want to talk about baseball and business. That's kind of uh what I do every day. So that's a good thing.
0: Absolutely. So I think the first question we had on our minds is sort of a nice little history/slash timeline of dugout mugs. Obviously, you've been with them since almost from the beginning. So Take us through what that process has been like, obviously now entering a couple of years into it.
2: So, uh, yeah, my partner, Randall Thompson, uh, he invented a bat mug. You know, he was a pitcher in the uh, Blue Jays organization and, you know, got cut and went back to his alma mater, you know, did a handful of things in the middle. But the the key point was he made it back to his alma mater and there's a coach cutting bats in half in the dugout. He invented a bat mug. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, trial and error, you know, brought this thing to fruition and one man show. And he's like, all right, man, look, uh, i I want to take this to the next level. And I think you're the guy that can help me do that. So at that point, um, you know, he and I became partners and we launched Dugout Mugs. Um, It was the Thompson Mug Company originally. And just like anybody who's launched a company, we've named them all after ourselves. I still have one (laughs) called the Denner Media Group. So uh, I was like, hey, man, look, I think it'd be really sexy if we called it Dugout Mugs. I think we looked at home run mugs and something out, But it's like, dude, Dugout Mugs. Uh, We dig out the middle. He found it in a dugout. Like it's, it's it's just the fit. It was that, it was that aha moment. So dugout mugs and man, that first year we, um, you know, when dugout mugs launched, it was 2017 and we just came out of the gates, man, on fire and, you know, spent a lot of time focusing on customers, a lot of time focusing on quality of the product. And my background, you know, I've had a handful of companies, uh, you know, eight uh, before dugout mugs. So I was like, man, I know what to do. I know the hype it needs, you know, online, social media, leaning into, you know, the, the tools that we had. And yeah, like Randall stuck to the behind the scenes. He's really into the creation and the ops. And then I was on the front side, I was the front man, the sales guy, the, you know, hype guy and the connector because I have a pretty, pretty sick network. So I was connecting all the dots and making, making all shit happen.
1: And then, you know, you have eight companies, you had eight companies before this, and you know, this is number nine. So you obviously know what diligence you need to do on a new product and, you know, basically figure out, will this be profitable? And you obviously take on some risk yourself as the CEO. Can you talk us through sort of what are some of the considerations you made when thinking about, okay, you know, do I want to say yes to Randall? This is why I think this will be a successful product before you had even, you know, put it out on the market. Uh, so I had a little bit of a cheat sheet, right? I had done the, the, the first,
2: you know, it was probably about $20 million online that I had done in sales was in apparel, uh, t-shirts and things like that. So all we did was we, a, a shirt, a blank canvas, and we took something that resonated with somebody. We put it on the canvas, we put it in front of them and they're like, oh my God, this speaks to me, right? Like it's not fucking brain. Cancer, <laughs> really. like, you want this thing? Okay. Hey, here's this thing. Like, oh my God, I wanted that. I'm like, I know. So the first thing I did when I talked to Randall is we took a blank mug and we just started putting people's cities on it. And it was a baseball diamond with the city over the top. And then all we had to do was target people in Cincinnati, in Cleveland, in New York, right? And uh, that really started rolling. And um, if you back up a little further, whenever Randall first gave me – actually, this is the first mug he ever gave me. I brought it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm holding it up. I'm showing. It. I don't know if this is audio and video. I think he said it's just audio, but this mug right here, you guys can see it. He gave this to me. He's like, walk around with it. And I said, like, that's kind of a weird idea. And he's like, just walk around with it. And I said, okay. So I did. And I just asked people in the like, Hey man, that's cool. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Right. And I was like, okay. Okay. Because at the end of the day in, in business, um, this is a hard thing for a lot of egotistical people to really swallow. It doesn't matter what you think, like what you think does not matter. It's what Other people think the potential buyers of these products. So when I'm walking around, it didn't matter that I thought it was weird. They didn't. So I was like, okay, I can get down with that. And then I looked at, I was like, okay, it's kind of a blank canvas. I've been down that road before. And I said, so I have a certain set of metrics, and I don't know the the average age of the people that are on this podcast. But what I learned, and I wish I would have learned it ten years sooner, but I most people learn it never. And that's to reflect more, right? And I encourage everybody to reflect more. And um, what I found is that when I did, you know, some reflect on what's important to me, the check boxes for business, because there's a lot of ways to make money, especially these days in in the e-comm and digital world. I looked at, it's like, what matters to me? What do I like? What do I not like? What do I stand for? What do I not stand for? Things like that, right? So these are the questions that you ask yourself. And for me, the boxes that I need to check can I have fun? Is it experiential? Do I like the other people? Does it bring good into the world? Right. Is it easy to understand? Like these are the the things that I asked. So this particular product checked all those boxes for me and I love Randall. He's an incredible human and the product was neat and unique. And there was some protectability, the, the IP, the patents and trademarks and things. And, and one of the other ones is, can I lean into my network to make this thing pop and I have a great network. So I could. I leaned into it and I, I managed to get us a license with the MLB Players Association within like 90 days, you know, maybe four months in, which is not very common. Licensing in particular can be a kind of a kind of a bitch. But uh in this case, I called I had a I had one percent equity in a company that already had a license. So I called the MLBPA I'm like, hey, look, I'm one of the owners of XYZ company and I really need a connection. And they're like, and I need a license. Like, hey, here you go. So it, it, it's knowing who to call and what to say. And then the hardest part of it all is then you show up because you can talk a lot of game, but unless you show up, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter, right? So that's kind of the, you know, how this thing uh, kind of came to be. But when I was checking the, you know, I was checking the boxes off, I was like, this, this is a good dude. He's ready to grind with me. And we went right into the trenches together and in the product, it's simple enough to understand it's unique enough to catch an eye. I get to go to the world series every year. I get to hang out with, you know, like all these mugs behind me that you guys can see is, (laughs) you know, hundreds of players and events and celebrities and athletes. Right. So it checked off the experiential box. So, um, I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but that's kind of the the gist of it, right? Like these are the things I try to do when it comes to business. My other businesses were restaurants. I had apparel companies. I was in the cannabis space. I owned a boot company. Like I, Things that I, I own, a, I currently own a golf company called Big Golf, where we have a premium cigar line and all this other stuff. So I tend to get involved in things that I am passionate about because the, actually that's a, you want a golden nugget? That's one right there. <laughs> Uh, Good days with bad people still suck, but bad days with good people, they're all right. You can can deal with that. So if you're surrounded by good people in an area in which you're passionate about, um, you can have a lot more runway. Your longevity increases exponentially.
0: That's phenomenal advice. I know Matt and I have always said we love doing this podcast, and is that sort of the passion play? And you have to have a drive and a want to actually do this because if you hate what you're doing, you're a probably not going to be successful at it, and b it's probably not going to be fun for you to do either,
2: or last very long.
0: Yeah, that's it's true. A grind.
2: Nobody wants to grind.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. And then sort of one of those other questions, as you were talking, I thought of this: is sort of obviously dugout mugs at the beginning, as you mentioned, it was just a mug looking like a bat. And that's been your core concept that you've had all throughout. So, what has it been like making sure that that core consistency remains the same while at the same time you guys have grown to have sixty-five million dollars in sales and obviously become such a big company in comparison to where you were back in twenty seventeen.
2: Dugouts at about just under fifty million in sales for dugout. Okay. Some of the other stuff was you know from the uh, some of the other companies. Yeah, but I I feel like just in life in general, you know, don't forget where you came from and you know uh sometimes people get so excited that something worked they can't wait to find the next thing versus squeezing all the juice out of the original thing so what we did is we found ways to make like this is the original yeah you'll you'll be able to see i mean you see the engraving it's okay unnecessary cuts why it's kind of like a fat belly (laughs) that didn't make sense but now like you come into today uh the 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 laser etching the, the, the finishing of the mugs, just everything is better. So you continue to improve on QC, you know, the quality control. Um, And the one thing I don't think a lot of people do and many companies do is they don't ask enough questions. So we ask our audience, we're like, Hey, what do you not like about what we're doing? Right. Oh, I wish it had a mug or I wish it had a lid, wish it held more, wish it kept it hotter, longer, colder, longer. So then, you know, in comes the metal mug. Oh, I wish you had something that was, you know, more, a little more feminine. Well, here's the wine mug. Um, I don't really, I don't really drink, but I want something cool on my shelf. Well, here's the shot glasses and the bottle openers and the more practical products um, versus the novelty uh, of the wooden mug kind of thing. So um, I, I think what we did is we always build around what's already working and we ask a lot of the right questions and we listen I can tell you, like even just last weekend, I went down to a farmer's market and I sat under a tent for six hours at a farmer's market selling mugs. That is probably not the best use of my time <laughs> financially. However, uh, I took my daughter with me. She's a little hustler. She's eight. So I got to spend some great time with her. But Randall came down there as well. And me, my daughter went, you know, she can only handle a little bit of that. But Randall and I were talking throughout the day. And this lady was walking by and she said, oh, those, she was talking to her husband. Oh, those are pretty cool. But uh, I was like, damn, I wish I would have heard that. But so Randall chased her down. He's like, Hey, this is super weird. But you walked by, he said, I like the product, but what was the but about? Right? Like it's, it's about constantly taking in feedback and data and then acting accordingly. And, and it comes right back to the, it doesn't matter what you think mentality and, and that's a, that's an ego thing. That's this, that's this young warrior shit that people get sucked into versus, you know, let that go. Never let your, uh, uh, ego get in the way of making money or as they say. So like, that's one of the things we've done differently. I feel, um, I mean, you look at some of these companies, the blockbusters and the circuit cities and the, you know, Kmart, like company, big companies just die because they don't advance. They don't, um, transcend into the next thing. Cause they're not asking enough of the right questions. They're not versatile enough. They're not fluid enough to do that. And that's one of the things that, um, we've really focused on over the years.
1: And you, you kind of touched on this, but you know, you're a, a close to $50 million in revenue company and you're still sitting under a, a tree selling mugs. You know, why, what drives you, I guess, as the CEO to still stay so involved with the company instead of saying, you know what, I can hire some people to run this company and I can go do a million other things. I think it ties into your earlier answer, but is there anything more that that kind of drives you to stay involved? I don't feel like
2: I'm really working. Okay. right? Like I get to go talk to people about baseball. They get to give me thousands of dollars. I get to hang out with my daughter. I get to learn more about the product and feedback. I get to spend some quality time with... Randall, who's like I said before, he's a great dude. And like he and I had a chance to talk like it's uh, what what the hell else would I be doing? Right. Sitting on my, my porch doing the same thing, not making money. Right. (laughs) But for me, it's really about data. You know um, we're, we're we're, from the outside looking in, we don't look like we're data driven guys, but uh, we certainly are. We, we know with great detail who buys, why they buy, when they buy, for whom they buy and, and it's through data, it's through tracking, it's through uh, uh, surveys, it's through feedback. I mean, we have 50,000 five-star reviews. Like, are you kidding me? I I challenge you to go find a company that has that, <laughs> you know? So we we're, we're hungry for feedback. We go ask them for a review, good or bad. We want to know because then we can adjust accordingly. So I think for me... Um, I, I don't know if y'all do Facebook ads, but a lot of people do Facebook ads for things. And Randall and I laugh about it. We say, this is like a real world Facebook ad. The people that just walk by, those are the ones that are scrolling through the feed. The ones that stop, pick it up, don't say anything, grunt. That's the ones that are clicking. (laughs) Then you got the ones that are buying. If they're buying, why did you buy? If you clicked, picked it up and didn't buy, why not? right? So you can get some of the same feedback and you can make real time adjustments with your company, your marketing angle. If you have 20 people stop and 18 of them say, man, that's a little expensive. If it was about 10 or 15 bucks cheaper, I would have bought it. That's good info to know, right? So, you know, just that's kind of why I do what I do. Um, And it's a lot of fun, man. Like we built this thing to be fun and, you know, we did, it worked.
0: I love it. And that's always the fun thing of, I think it ties back. All your answers are pretty much coming together to about to a really nice picture of dugout mug. So I do have to ask because it seems like the company has been growing really well so far and you're staying true to what you've been doing. And obviously you're still out there in the mom and pop style of shopping yourselves and showing yourselves off to everyone. Do you know what's next yet? Like, is there something in the back of your mind that, Hey, this is what we want the company to achieve next or 2024 is going to be the year yeah, of X?
2: 100. Um there's some internal adjustments happening in the company um, all good i mean like <clears throat> we can't drive it from where it started to where it is and what's happening isn't good right at this mm-hmm. point but uh there are some just differences in opinions on which vertical is the most uh lucrative Um, and, but I mean, like, look, I I practice what I preach. Here's seven that I've identified my whiteboard over here. I got another one over there. Like for me, it's, it's really trying to weigh out what we do best, what we don't do best. Um, and, and, and go from there. I would say in this upcoming year with the politics and all this BS coming down the pipe. Um, Every ass clown with deep pockets is going to be trying to buy every uh, eyeball (laughs) that's available to push whatever crap that's being talked about. So Facebook marketing and Instagram marketing and things like that are going to be getting exponentially more expensive. So I believe that moving into 2024 um, is going to be kind of a year of collaboration Um, So recently we teamed up with the Green Beret Foundation. Uh, I got an event with Pete Alonzo in Tampa in January. Um, We're working again with the Kyle Tucker Foundation, uh, Jazz Chisholm's Foundation. Um, So so again, uh, these types of uh, Team RWB, we've teamed up with, I'm a big uh, supporter of um, military first responders. So uh, that's why a lot of them are surrounding that. But I believe connecting with these groups of people through whoever the gatekeeper is and instead of giving Mark Zuckerberg or Elon 20% to buy the sale we're going to give it to this person over here for driving the sale right like that's just how it works i would rather i would rather people get the money than the wealthiest people in the world through some you know crap system that's going to get more expensive people are going to be hopping off there's going to be an exodus this time around too people are tired of this crap they're watching everywhere. They're going to hop off because they don't even want to see it. They don't even want it to infest their eyes. So I feel like collaboration is a big thing. And I also feel the not big box, big box retail is a weird space. Um, we're in, I mean, we're in some dick Sporting Goods and Rally House and Shields and things like that, but uh, I think their expectations for sales, uh, buybacks, terms, things like that are not favorable. So I think the mid-size, the the mom and pop shop, the gift shop, the hallmarks, the things like that, I think that's a big play. And if I can get our distribution up to about a thousand retail locations, uh, I think that's kind of the next play. So massive increases in distribution through retail, um, collaboration on e-commerce, which will allow us to... uh, uh, you know, kind of solidify our ad spending because some days on Facebook and those who know, know they can be 40%. Then the next day is 18. And then it's back to 35. It's, it it fluctuates too much. Whereas a a performance based relationship, I know what I'm paying and it's, you know, we were just on the Today show last week, you know, or on CBS this weekend, you know, kind of things like that. And it's um, those kind of placements are huge. And, and it drives a lot of sales, a lot of eyeballs. We just got in Hamacher Schlemmer, the big magazine, been around for 150 years or something. You know, with 2 million catalogs just went out with our product in it. So, like, these types of relationships, I think, are crucial. And I think it's across the board, not just our company, with many companies, that's what they're going to need to look for is try to find strategic partnerships. that so There's no conflict of interest so that both can eat, you know. Um that, that's where I think it's going. And then from an international distribution standpoint, we have uh, MLB Canada locked up. So I'm going to talk to some potential Canadian uh, distributors and and try to get that turned up a little bit. But yeah. And then, uh, you know, I got seven more over there that if, if we have time, we'll start digging <laughs> into that as well. But new products. I mean, even uh, this is one that we've been working on right here. It's, uh, it's coasters, home plate coasters made out of wood. Etch. So I mean, they're pretty cool. So, again, continuing to evolve from a product development standpoint as well.
1: For the listeners out there, we did not plan this to go this way. But speaking of collaboration, we are also collaborating with Dugout Mugs. Not not on the same scale as Hammock or Schlemmer, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> But um, if you use our code SRP30 at checkout, you guys, for all our loyal listeners, we'll get 30% off and we're coming up to the holidays. So yep. very, very good time for Secret Santa or for for gifts for the kids or for mom and dad. Some some great opportunities to save a little bit of money and since you get some awesome gifts.
2: Yeah. Y'all have to post that link. It'll um, take them right to the right to the site. Um, put it on like social media and stuff. No, absolutely.
0: We're looking forward to that because obviously working with a company like Dugout Mugs we've heard today on today's episode has been a blast so far getting to listen to all the great insight that Chris has given us. Who knows if in the future we can have Randall on with us as well, but this has been a blast getting to hear all about the company so far. But I do have to ask because you've mentioned now to sort of shift a little bit off of Dugout Mugs and more to you as an entrepreneur as a whole, if you're willing to do a little bit of that. But you've mentioned nine companies you've worked for in the past. How have you gotten into, you know, like at what age did you you know Hey, entrepreneurship is sort of going to be my passion. I want to go for this. And then What is it like instead of sticking just one company for 20, 30 years, it's, Hey, I'm going to expand my portfolio and work at a bunch of different places. I didn't work for my own them. Um, Okay. Just as, you know, just as I'm the owner of, of
2: dugout. Right. So if I believe in something, I go all in. Right. And as I mentioned previously, I'm big on living an experiential life. So the, and again, this goes back to reflection. So if you stop and reflect, what do you want? What does success feel like to you, look like to you? If it's starting or if it's working for an insurance company and working your way all the way up to the top, like that bores me to tears, but that might be exactly what that person wants. And that's what success looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like to them. And I think that's where people need to get more clear. Um, you know, you could be going, uh, you know, 50 miles an hour, but what if you're going in the wrong direction? What if what you really wanted was the other way and you didn't take the time at the stoplight to figure out which, if you should go right or left, you just went wherever the hell you went and just kept going, you know? um, So I I say reflect more, but for me, you know, living an experiential life, I want to have a bunch of stories. I want to have a bunch of experiences. There aren't too many things that we can talk about that I don't have some kind of ties to in one way or another. Um, you know, I, I, I helped a guy start a worm farm cause I had a worm guy. Like that's insane, <laughs> but it was a, it was a, I was traveling to military bases, speaking to soldiers on entrepreneurship. So when they transition into civilian life, they can start a company. And this one guy, he's like, dude, this is weird, but I really want to start a frass farm. And I was like, all right, I actually got a worm shit guy. I could probably help you out with that. So I connected the dots or I used to open gold's gyms, uh, for a living. And I was a GM of golds and I had a restaurant in Tampa and then I was in the cannabis space in Nevada uh, or or not Nevada, I'm sorry, um, Colorado. And I've owned two agencies and I had an apparel company and now I got a golf company. I own a cigar line. Like these are all things that I, I like or interest me. So now, you know, when I'm at a, when I'm at a, you know, a networking event, I don't have the same boring ass story about my insurance company. And, you know, no offense, anybody that's got an insurance company, but like, for me, that just wasn't it. You know, I barely, uh, you know, I, I think I would have dropped out of uh, college a couple to so a semester in maybe, right? Because I, I was sitting there talking, they're like, I was going for massage therapy and Anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, some damn thing. And, and they're like, Yeah, if, if you're lucky, your first year you'll make 50 grand. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it and I gotta learn it. And then I'm gonna get underpaid to do it and just get it just wasn't that just wasn't my grind, man. Like I, I want, I'm a big fan of freedom, I'm a big fan of time, I'm a big fan of experiences. So that was my path and everybody's a little bit different so you know if you walk away with anything it's uh it's it's try to find your path try to find your vision your success because if you start measuring your success with somebody else's ruler you're going to constantly constantly be disappointed depressed uh on the wrong track always judging yourself and it just doesn't need to be that way
1: and going back to your earlier point on, you know, life is about collecting memories and stories. Just a, a quick anecdote from my personal, I was studying abroad in, in London this summer and we, we were traveling over to, I think it was Budapest. And we got on the plane with this group of guys who was from England, but they were American football players. Like they played American football. There's four teams in all of England that play American football. And this guy, this guy gets on the plane he's drunk out of his mind, but the entire time he's sitting across the aisle from me and he's slapping me and he, he, he keeps just repeating life's about creating memories. Life's about creating stories. He's like, you might think I'm the biggest, drunkest ass that you've ever met, <laughs> but I'm having a great time. I'm collecting memories. I'm having a good time with my boys. And I, I think there's something that, that I think it, it comes from an athletic perspective as well, as well, because, you know, at some point we have to hang them up. You know, all of us in sports know that at some point the the rubber meets the road and you're not playing anymore. And don't, you know, the thing that you can kind of cling on to is, is, the memories that you made you know with your boys in the 100 degree heat on the turf sweating it out and battling for your 12 year old championship ring but um you know those are the things that you remember so i just i just wanted to, to echo your point uh for sure and i think i think there's kind of a strong tie to athletics with that as well one
2: of the one of the things i love randall he's he's uh he internalizes a lot of things and one of the things he said a while ago it stuck with me he's like i wish i could tell every kid that this is your big leagues like everybody thinks they're going to the bigs he's like dude this is your bigs whether it's high school or college or whatever he's like this is it but you know instead of enjoying it you're always focused on the next thing and if you're always worried about what's coming next in life you don't get a chance to enjoy where you are in life
0: so you know
2: it, it all kind of threads together
0: absolutely i love it and then the last question we always ask all of our listeners on the podcast is your favorite memory in the industry that you've done, whether it's something baseball related, entrepreneurial, but basically that one story that you look back on, you're like, shoot, I got to be a part of that.
2: Oh, man, there's too many, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, Well, on my desk, let me let's let's just start on my desk. Right. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. was the guy I really idolized and watched grow up. I got to give him a lifetime achievement award in L.A., uh, dug it was a dugout mug that, that was a trophy a lifetime achievement award. That was pretty dope. Um, on the other side of my desk, it's, uh, uh, David Mickey Evans, the guy that wrote, narrated and directed the Sandlot. I hit him up on Twitter. I taught, told him what we were doing. I made him a mug and he's like, dude, this is sick. So we went up to his house in North Florida. Uh, we met actually met at a beach bar, closed down the beach bar and we recorded for hours uh, the story of all this behind-the-scenes stuff about the Sandlot. We're drinking tequila, no <laughs> shoes on, and uh, we made the, the sickest mug. It's uh, it's called Legends Never Die mug on our site. If you haven't seen it, it's the picture of the boys on the backstop wrapped around the whole mug with David's signature etched in it. I mean, that was pretty sick. Um, I was down in South Florida with Big Poppy smoking a, a cigar and just talking about him and baseball. Just last year, I was at Reggie Jackson's event in here in Florida, and and the playoffs were on. And at the end of the night, I'm sitting here. To my right was CC Sabathia, and we're all watching the game on his phone. But it was him on this side, and then it was me, and then Gary Sheffield. We're smoking a cigar. Next to him was Andrew Jones, (laughs) and then on this side, I forget who was next to him. But I'm like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) Like. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I'm not even kidding when I say there's a hundred of those stories. And so if I walked away from dugout, completely broke, you know, that, that right there, those are, that's a currency to me. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of real fun things and that's just dugout. I mean, if you get into the other industries, just tons of fun. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what it's about to me. Absolutely.
0: And I know Matt and I have both taken a lot away from this interview, hopefully, Our loyal listeners do as well. And of course, we can treat you guys as well. If you go to dugoutmugs.com, definitely for the holiday season, definitely check out the Dugout Mugs and get all their different merchandise. And of course, use the code SRP30 for 30% off of your orders. But Chris, we really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today. Looking forward to making a lot of memories with Dugout Mugs in the near future. But Matt, unless you have anything else to throw in.
1: Oh, this is awesome. I really enjoyed this one.
2: Well, I Absolutely. appreciate it, fellas. I, I wish you have a, a Merry Christmas, a happy holiday season, and get after it in 2024. This is not a dress rehearsal, gentlemen.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> one
2: shot. Don't don't tick around. Make it happen.
0: 100%. Thank you so much. So for Dylan Campione, Matt Potter, and Chris Dennard. until the next time, the side is retired.